84, verse 10. We will start at verse 1 in just a little bit and go all the way through verse 10. But for right now, we're going to read 84 and 10. Thank you, brother. I am honored to be before you, church family. I give you honor this morning. You are absolutely vital to the kingdom. And to see you here on a cold Sunday morning to start off the new year it is a wonderful feeling. There's a lot of people that are out of town. There's a lot of people that are sick. There's a lot of people that are recovering from sickness. And, um, and if you look around, we still have a great number here. The Lord has grown this church. It's a great problem to have when you look at a certain area and you're like, where is this person? And they're sitting somewhere else because y'all keep changing seats sometimes. And that's a great, great thing to see. So grateful for you. So grateful for you. So um, honor to be before you. I don't take this lightly. Um, Pastor Hildebrand said he, you know, felt like a nervous energy. And it was funny because Brother Joseph who played today. He was saying he was nervous, and I am very nervous this morning. So I pray we can get through this in the next 10 minutes. Just kidding. Um, whatever the Lord would have us to, to go, amen? How long he would have us to go. Um, Psalms chapter 84, verse 10 reads, For a day in thy courts <clears throat> is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. Very simple thought this morning, um, something you've heard us sing and really nothing new. Um, very simple, but I want to do my best to deliver to you what the Lord has given me this thought I'd rather be a doorkeeper. I'd rather be a doorkeeper. So if I could have Reverend Massey read over or, or pray over the word this morning, preach over the, I'm just kidding, pray over the word this morning, in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this female servant that is yielded unto you, God. I pray that you would anoint her mind, use her in a mighty way. We want to get ourselves out of the way and receive and retain, God, what you're bringing forth in Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hands together and a hand clap of praise to the Lord as you are being seated. I'm going to start all the way back at verse 1, Psalms chapter 84, verse 1. Picks up, the psalmist is written to the chief musician upon Gittith, a psalm for the sons of Korah. How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. How loved, how well beloved are thy tabernacles, your place of residence, O Lord of hosts. Of host here means a mass of persons, especially organized for war. You could say an army. You could also use another term of company, soldiers. We know that in this time that we are living in, since the time that the world began, there has been an adversary looking to destroy mankind, looking to separate and divide and keep humanity from serving and loving the God that created them. And so when the scripture says, O Lord of hosts, he's not simply talking about a group of people but he's talking about a mass that has gathered to war. And we are a people in this day and age that have to be ready and at hand to fight at all times. When we gather together on a Monday night in prayer, 
We are not simply gathering in prayer to serve a God, but we are gathering to join arms with each other and to, to, to sharpen our tools and to prepare for the war that is upon our souls and to let the enemy know we are gathering again so that we can unify and strengthen ourselves because we've got a battle that we've got to win. And the Lord has already declared there is victory on the other side. And if I'll just join hands and join arms and link up with my brother and with my sister, I'm going to have victory in my life. Oh, Lord of hosts. Verse 2 continues to write, my soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My soul desires. You could say that his soul was greedy for the courts of the Lord. He even faints for the courts of the Lord prepares, needs to be fulfilled for the courts of the Lord. My heart, my will and intellect and my flesh crieth out for the living God. When we serve the Lord and we bring a sacrifice of praise, we have to go beyond just lifting our hands and lifting our voice. Sometimes there is a sacrifice of gathering the thoughts of our mind and bringing it into submission and saying, I know that I have this plan and I know I have this thing that I need to do on my list, but I've got to make sure that when I am coming to the presence of the Lord and I am seeking the face of God in his courts, I've got to make sure my mind is focused and my attention is centered on the Lord. Even though my hands might be lifted, my mind could be somewhere else. And the Lord says, you've come on a Sunday morning and it feels like it's a new year and you might have some distractions on your mind. You're thinking of what needs to be done. You're thinking of the goals that you have for the year. But can I tell you, you better get your mind in order and focus on what the Lord has in store for you today. My heart and my flesh cries out for the living God. I want you to keep quartz here in mind. We are going to come back to it in just a second. A few seconds. Verse 3. Yea, the sparrow hath found in house. And the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young, even thine altars, O Lord of hosts, my king and my God. Using the example that even a little bird, the birds of the air, the Lord has prepared a place for them to house, to home, to build a nest for their young. How much more will the Lord do for you and I? Yea, the sparrow hath found a house and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young, place her young. Even thine altars, O Lord of hosts. We as humanity, we have the very examples of nature itself to look at. The God that took his time to create every species upon this earth. Took the time to form you in your mother's womb. Nobody is here by mistake. You are not an accident by the hand of the Lord of our God. He was intentional with everything he created about you. You were formed in his image. You are not forgotten and you will not be put down on a back burner 
young. The scripture says, even thine altars, wherever you and I build a place for our family, build a place for ourselves, there better be an altar in that place. There better be a place of sacrifice. Wherever you go, you may not physically be here. You may be watching and tuning in at home, but make sure there's an altar in your home. There needs to be a place of sacrifice wherever we dwell. There's reports of all these the numbers going up with COVID and variant this, variant that. And there's an attempt to revert back. Let's shut this down and let's close the schools and go back to virtual education. And there's been some sicknesses going around. There's been some illnesses going around. And yes, it can affect people of the church. And it is important that we take care of ourselves. I'm not, I'm not saying anything against that. We need to be wise. You need to be taking your vitamins, amen? You need to be drinking water and staying hydrated. <laughs> Get you over-the-counter prescriptions for some Pedialyte. That's like amped up Kool-Aid. We just call healthy for hydration. But even though people are doing what they need to do, let us not forget that we may have to stay home. We may have to have, you may have to have your, your kids stay with you. Do not forget the Lord in that time. Do not remove the altars out of your home. Verse 4, blessed are they that dwell in thy house. He's talking to the Lord here. And he's saying, blessed, how happy are they that sit down. They make their habitation in your house, in your home, Lord, in your temple. In thy house also means in the court, they will still, they will be still praising thee, Selah. Verse 5, blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, whose security, whose praise, whose might, whose power is in thee, and whose heart are the ways of them talking about your mind, talking about your understanding. Verse 6, who passing through the valley, mankind, mankind passing through the valley of Baca, make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. Also filleth the pools. Baca here means a valley. It was a valley in Palestine but it also means, the word means weeping. So he's talking about how blessed, how blessed is the man whose strength is in the Lord, whose heart, whose ways are in the Lord. Blessed is that man. Blessed is that man, talking about mankind, who passing through the valley, crossed over through the valley of Baca, of weeping. Make it a well, makes it a fountain, makes it a source from, from what springs up from within. The rain also filling the pools, and that's talking about overflows and creates pools in that area. We've been through a lot in 2021. As a church, we've experienced some great things. And I've heard it say, and I, I would say this too, that there's been a lot that, that we've been through individually. Some could say it's been a, it's been a tough year. 
And, and there may be some that you still feel like I, I, I came through 2021, but I'm still looking for the Lord to fulfill some things in my life. The scripture says, who passing, who crosses over through this valley of weeping. I'm sure that there's someone or somebody who has cried some tears at night cried some tears at home and and you've had some weeping in your life but if I can encourage you just a little bit that it's something you have to go through when you go through it the Lord makes what you're going through a well from which his spirit can spring up and create pools for you to have sustenance and for you to be encouraged so that you can equipped to do his will so it's something don't look at it right now it's something that you just don't want to finish and you are tired and you want to throw in the towel the lord says you pass through it because i've got a will to make in your life these are things we have to go through but we have a promise from the lord that he is our comforter and every step that you make and you feel like you are weeping the whole way the Lord is right there beside you seven they go from strength to strength every one of them in Zion appeareth before God eight O Lord God of hosts hear my prayer give ear O God of Jacob Selah. Behold, our, O God, our shield, and look upon the face of thine anointed. Anointed here means consecrated. If you are doing your best to serve the Lord with everything within you, you are the anointed of God. The Lord looks upon you with favor. Verse 10, psalmist continues to say, and this is our key verse here, for a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. I had rather be a doorkeeper. I'd rather wait at the threshold of the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. Tents can mean a home. It can mean a tabernacle. It can mean a covering. And wickedness breaks down here to what you think it, it means. It means iniquity. It means a wrongness, especially moral. When I was looking at this, this term here, it was the only, doorkeeper was the only word that I could find in the, de, the definition that it broke down into in the Hebrew. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the word. But there are other terms in the Old Testament that also break down into meaning doorkeeper, and that's porters, porters. So there's keepers of the threshold of the temple. That was one description that was used. And then there was doorkeepers or, or porters. And if you look at, and we're not going to turn there, so I'm just going to reference this. There was duties that the keepers of the threshold had. Their duties were gathering money for temple purposes. Their duties were taking care of the vessels of the temple. And you can see this in 2 Kings chapter 22 and verse 4. You can see 2 Kings 23 and 4. That they were instructed to do certain things at times to pull out the vessels. There was an instance where there was, uh, through the history of the nation of Israel, they would serve false gods. And so they would take those vessels and put them into the tabernacle of the Lord and there was times that there was an honorable and righteous king that loved the Lord, and he would remove all that. And there were times that he would instruct the keepers 
of the threshold to bring out those vessels that were serving other gods, remove them from the temple so that they could be destroyed. You can see examples of porters in the, in the gate of the temple, 1 Chronicles 9 and 22, 2 Chronicles 23 and 4. This was an honorable position. Even though it may not sound like it to you and I. Who wants to be waiting on the people at the door of the threshold of the temple? In 1 Chronicles 9 and 23, they had the oversight of the gates of the house of God. In 1 Chronicles 9 and 27, they were appointed to open and to close those gates. In 2 Chronicles chapter 23 and 19, there are times that they had to prevent the unclean from entering. They had the charge of sacred vessels and free will offerings. It almost sounds like ushers. But it was an honorable position, and you can see this in Jeremiah 35 and 4, Esther 6 and 2, those examples there. But when you hear, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the courts of the Lord versus dwelling in the tents of wickedness, you can easily look, even now, going into this fresh year, it looks like there are some people, some churches that are doing really well. We as humanity have this, it's, it's uh, I don't know if I would say it's a flaw, but it's something that we shouldn't do and we do it because we're human, but we compare ourselves to people. We compare ourselves to our brethren and our sister. We'll look at a church across the way and we'll compare. And it would look like in some other places that they've had some growth and they're doing this work and they're doing this thing. And I believe here we don't have that spirit. But I want to remind you that as we go forward in 20 and 22, it does not matter what the church across town is doing. It does not matter what other churches in the organization are doing. It doesn't matter how they're looking at us and comparing themselves to us. Our focus needs to be on God. There is honor that man can have for themselves that they can prop themselves up. But I would rather be waiting in the threshold of the Lord than dwelling in the tents of iniquity and comparing myself to somebody else and saying, I'd rather be in that position because look what God is doing for them. Oh no, God, whatever you have in store for me to do if it's simply opening the door for a guest to walk into your church allow me to be that vessel for you to move I you know I'm a huge youtuber I mean I don't do those videos and stuff on YouTube but I like to look on YouTube and You can see what other people are doing. And it's unfortunate. The Lord is very clear about his will. If you recall in Matthew 7, 21, we reference that scripture all the time. In fact, if you don't mind going there, Matthew 7, 21 not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. It's very important, church, that we are doing the will of God for our lives. It is absolutely necessary that you do the will of God in your life. There's a general will and then there's individual wills. And our bishop has spoken about this. But whatever it takes for you to get to the point where you are completely submitted to doing the will of God in your life, 
You've got to do it. Why? In verse 22. Not everyone that saith unto me. And then he goes on. Many will say to me in that day, judgment day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. Verse 23. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Understand what he's fixing to say. It is absolutely vital for your salvation. You need to repent. You need to be baptized in Jesus' name. You need to receive the Holy Ghost. But you've also got to do the will of God in your life. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Those that work iniquity are those that do not the will of God in their life. That means you might have to give up some things. That means when you look at your calendar for the year, you have to make sure that the Lord and his will is at the priority of each and every day. If we can go to Psalms 49, 16. Psalms 49 and verse 16. Psalms 49, 16 reads, Be not thou afraid when one is made rich. When the glory of his house is increased. For when he dieth, he shall carry nothing away. His glory shall not descend after him. Everything that you are doing here on this earth to accumulate. Set yourself up. You are going to carry none of that with you when you die. Verse 18, though while he lived, he blessed his soul. And it goes on to explain, and men will praise thee. They'll praise you when you do well for yourself. Verse 19, he shall go to the generation of his fathers. They shall never see the light. Be careful what you put your treasure in on this earth. Verse 20, Man that is in honor, man that is in honor, it means you can think in the concrete and you can think in the abstract. Concrete being wealth, riches, the things that you attain, finances. But on the other hand, abstractly, it can mean honor, dignity. Man that is in honor here on this earth. You can think of this when the Pharisees and they they go and they pray where everybody can see them. So they can be lifted up. Oh my gosh, look at how spiritual they are. They're praying in tongues out here at H-E-B. Look at them. So spiritual. Man, that is an honor. So it's not just meaning financial or things that you can attain and build yourself up with, things that you have, vehicles, whatever. But it also means that abstract thing of having admiration, having the accolades of mankind. Man, that is an honor and understandeth not. You cannot discern that having the accolades of God It's more than having the accolades of man. Man that is in honor and understandeth not is like the beasts that perish. We are returning back to the dust from whence we came. This is why we have to lay up our treasure in heaven. 
You cannot hold the things dear down here more than the things of God. If you go to Psalms chapter 73, I um, heard a, um, there's a young man in the truth um, who has, within the past few years, He's made an impact on um, the organizations that preach oneness. So not just UPCI, but the other ones. Um, and he's, he's gone all over the place with his, um, his skill and his talent. The Lord has used him mightily. I believe this one is different than everybody else. And I'm hoping that he can, he can maintain that. Um, he's, he, he's done wonderful things. I'm not going to say his name because I'm not, uh, dogging him and I'm sure some of you may be able to figure it out. He's written some songs and churches are doing them all over. And I, um, I listened to him preach and, um, he preached a powerful message, but his skill and his ability has open doors for him. Now, I don't believe, and I can't say I don't know him personally. Um, I cannot say that it's not God's will for him to be operating and preaching in all these churches, and you're talking like mega churches. And the boy preached. And he had something to say, and there was an anointing there. But we can't look at something like that and think. Because it used to be here that, especially you young people, we like going to the conferences. And it's such a big deal to be asked to do something musically, be on the platform, sing, play. And mankind has a way of glorifying that. We put people on a pedestal that do that. And when people do that, then they start to, mankind starts to open doors. And it's so important that we don't take that and run with it and then get into a place where the Lord said, I did not open that door for you to walk through. You're going to hurt yourself spiritually. You're, gonna, you're going to cause yourself to stumble by walking through a door that your talent created. So I'm not knocking this young man at all. But I'm using the example of looking at something like that and desiring something like that. And then there are others that they've left the truth. They've completely left. And it looks like they are doing well. They're doing great. And you can see where they start to they start to influence this person in truth, and then that person starts to change. And, and then you start to see that their name is starting to get out there, and they're starting to get big amongst people of the name. Psalms chapter 73. But as for me, in verse 2, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore pride compasseth them about as a chain. Violence covereth them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than heart could wish. The psalmist is writing here and he's saying, I, I look at them and it looks like they're prospering. It looks like they have the favor of God, even though I know that they're not quite living the way that they should, even though they're probably not doing everything they could to live for God and not violate his word. Remember, 
He also said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. It does not matter what another church is doing or what someone else in your family might be doing. And it looks like they are doing well. And it looks like they're giving you the opportunity to just join in. If you just join in with me, you can dwell in my tent. You can sit at my table. You can experience the same opportunities that I have. This next year, there might be some doors opening for you. There might be some opportunities for you. Be careful that you don't dwell in the house, in the tent, at the table of those that are wicked. I was telling my sister, and I'm coming to a close. I was telling my sister that I uh, spoke to an infectious disease doctor regarding a, a patient. And I know this guy, I've worked with him when I first started at Methodist Stone Oak. He's, he's a fantastic infectious disease um, physician. And he asked me what I was doing. Where are you at? So I told him, you know, I'm over here. So what else are you doing? You know, I work at my church. They always get, like, quiet whenever you say that. <laughs> like, what? I work at my church, and I was like, I do a little bit of some stuff on the side. And um, he was like, well, I don't think, because I told him I don't know how much longer I'll be practicing medicine. I am still practicing medicine. Um but I was like, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be practicing medicine. He was like, well, I don't think you should give medicine up. You know, I think you're a really good doctor, and I'm just saying. He was like, I don't mean to, like, bog you down with all this. But, And this guy never has, like, a really long conversation. So he was like, I just, you know, I just think about it. And, uh, and then he was like, okay, bye. And he just hung up the phone. He was done. You learn not to take things personally in the medical world. They don't mean anything by it. I told my sister, I was like, it was a really high compliment for him to tell me that. And I'm looking over the past couple of years. And sometimes I wonder, church, how much more, God, am I going to have to give up? How much more is this going to cost? I look at everything that the Lord has blessed me beyond measure. I have a home. I have two vehicles. I've got this. I've got that. And really, it doesn't matter. But I know it's a blessing because at my age, to have all that, that's a, not a lot of people can say that. And it's all because of the Lord, but I look and I used to make this much and it's kind of come down a little bit, a little bit being an understatement. And, and I thank God, one of my prayers was, God, just allow me to pay off my, my debt. Allow me to pay off my student loan debt. And the Lord allowed me to pay it off in the three years that I had deemed for myself. $150,000. And I finished that, and it's like, okay, now I can start saving for this and for that. And, yeah, no. The Lord allowed me to pay that off, but I'm looking, and the works are going to double this year, and God is going to do this, and God is going to do that. And it's easy to get up here and to say stuff, but it's so much harder to live it. And I have these people that I have ties to because I'm still practicing medicine. And they're like, what are you doing? You could be doing this and you could be doing that. And I have this opportunity for you. And I'm like, Lord, I'm, I'm ready to give it up. But are you going to ask this too? And I have to remind myself, don't slip. Don't get envious at the foolish. Don't get envious at 
the prosperous. They're not living for God. Even those who proclaim that they're living for God and they look like they're blessed and they have this and they have that. Lord, even though it may not be glamorous and I may just not even be in the temple, you may have it for your will for me to stand at the door of the threshold of the tabernacle and wait on you. But God, touch my heart that I will be submitted and I'll wait at the door of your temple if that's your will for my life. I see the danger. I'll be honest. It's a lot of being honest lately. I'll be honest that you look at our church and we went somewhere and we were at a funeral and the people know Bishop, they, they know of our church, they know of our family. And because we're not in that in-group, we don't have opportunities like they do. And, and I believe that the Lord is calling our Bishop. He's putting him on a platform that we don't even see. But sometimes when you go in that environment and you see what these people are doing, you think, if my bishop had the opportunity, like some of these other guys, the Lord would use him to minister to them. They just don't know. And the Lord has to remind me, it does not matter where the Lord calls bishop. All that matters is that he does what the Lord calls him to do. And if he does that, there are riches in heaven that the Lord is going to pour down, not just on the bishop, not just on the first family, but on the church of the living God because of our submission to his will. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. I'm hurrying. I have five minutes. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. We've heard this scripture multiple times. Pastor Sandoval, I believe, preached on this at one point. From whom the whole body, talking about Jesus Christ. The whole body, us, church, church family, we're fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth. Compacted, I hope I'm saying that right. It means to drive together. It means we are united in association with each other. We are knit together. I was trying to think of a way that I could explain this. Because it's not, it's not enough that we are just unified. We're, we're fitly joined together, but we are compacted. We are compacted. And so every joint is compacted together. And according to the effectual working in the measure of every single one of those parts, we are able to make increase of the body unto the edifying of ourselves. We do it in love. There is an English inventor by the name of Roland Emmett, E-M-E-T-T. This guy was uh, instrumental in, in helping to design the planes, the war planes in, um, in England. This guy had, towards the latter ends of his life, was able to create these crazy machines, um, these inventions that had all these intricate parts. And one of them is titled the Featherstone Kite. And if you look it up later, it is crazy to see this. And I think he made this in like the 1980s or so. Um, the beauty is that there's just one single motor to this huge machine that 
moves the entire machine, just one electric motor. But every part is joined by these belts, these gears, these chains, these linkages. They're all connected in a way. They're all connected in a way so that when this one electric motor is on, every piece of the machine is moving. So when you look at the human body, it's the same thing. Every piece connects in a way. It's not just a matter of we're united, but the body is compacted. Every joint supplies to the other. And so because one joint of the body or one ligament or one piece of small bone is where it needs to be and is doing its part. It gives strength and it gives ability to another piece of the body to do its part. When you mess up one piece of that, then you start to have issues. You start to have pain. You're you're not able to, to walk the way that you should because a piece of your bone is not where it needs to be. This is why a tiny fracture in your ankle can affect your whole body, the ability to move and to walk and to, and to be stable on your feet. So I want to remind you this morning, whatever the Lord has called you to do. And some of us, we are fighting against the will of God. We are fighting. And God has countless times has reached out and he said, I need you over here. And I need you to give up some things. I have something great for you to do. And for some of us, it is our finances. For some of us, it's not that. It's something else. You've got some other priority in your life that you focus all your attention to. And and you put God on the back burner. It's not worth dwelling in the tents of the wicked. It is because of the sacrifice of the intercessor team that there is a path of liberty created for the man of God to come forward and deliver the word is because of their sacrifice sometimes you don't want to pray let's be honest sometimes you're like corporate prayer every Monday and you're like rejoice that it's not the whole year it's every Monday in January two hours is there an amen in the house? <laughs> that was supposed to be rhetorical. I'm just kidding. But those prayers are vital because you are fighting things in the spirit. Intercessor team, Sister Hildebrand, you're fighting things in the spirit that the man of God may not have the time to dedicate himself to. And because you're doing your part, you're creating the pathway and giving strength so the man of God can hear the voice of God and do his part. And because the man of God will sacrifice his time and he'll say, I'll wait on you, Lord. I'll wait to hear your voice. I will sacrifice pleasure and sit by myself and seek your face because the man of God will do his part. Then he can come in and be a voice of God to you and I. And so when he does that, then he creates the opportunity for you and I to do what the Lord has called us to do, to hear the will of God, to receive direction, to receive correction in our life. And if we will take that and do our part, God says, I have a body that I can move over here. I have a body that I can use to speak. I have a body that I can use so that revival can go out, not just in San Antonio, but every region that the Lord has called this church to touch. You can stand all over the building. Being a doorkeeper is, it doesn't seem like it's glamorous. It's not the priest position, it's not the high priest position. Simply sometimes collecting the instruments, simply sometimes cleaning the church. But in this year, as we
we go forward, can I encourage you? Can I admonish you? It does not matter how much it costs to give up what you think you are giving up. It does not matter because you're not going to be able to take it with you when you die. What matters is that you do the will of God in your life. Because when you do the will of God, you may think it's nothing to be on the security watch. You may think it's nothing to run sound or be an interpreter for the services. But because you are doing your part, you're allowing another part of the body to do its part. And you are needed. The Lord is going to use a body to reach this end time world. And if you don't do your part, someone else will take your place. So I ask you today to search your heart. God, if, if you are calling more of me, I'll do it. God, I might struggle a little bit, but give me the strength to sacrifice. Can you lift your hands all over the building? God, if there's anything in me that is holding on to the things of this world more than the things of you, I ask that you forgive me today. Forgive my heart, God. If there's any iniquity there, if there's any wickedness, God, if I'm violent.